Hey, this is Pete Jacobs, your host of the show today on my own because I'm doing something different. I just wanted to give everybody a bit of an update on something quite specific to me, but I know that there are people out there who are also looking for something quite specific in their health journey also. So I wanted to talk a little bit about lowering all factors of inflammation that you possibly can from your diet. And that's not to say that this is the lowest absolutely possible, but it is to say that if you're experiencing any inflammation, this is a good place to start. Where I've ended up at currently is that I am on a carnivore diet that is also a low histamine diet but I'm currently only eating mostly, well, let's say 90% uh, red meat. Um, I've gone back to just very simple things because that's just easier, I think, for the way that I'm eating in a low histamine diet way, um, knowing where I can get the meat, when I can get it fresh, and the best sources of meat with the highest amounts of nutrients tend to generally come from beef. So I'm going to get into that a little bit down the line. But first off, I just want to say that I've been trialing carnivore all this year. And at first, I was still having a little bit of things here and there, a little bit of decaf coffee, a little bit of dairy here and there, maybe a bite here and there of a sweet, like rarely, like once every couple of months. But I could never pick exactly what was causing issues with me because I was still having flare-ups of fatigue, having flare-ups of my psoriasis. Um, and training wasn't as consistent as I would have liked it to be. And I was genuinely like could not nail it down to anything that I was doing differently. It wasn't like, oh, when I had that piece of um, dairy or it wasn't when I had that piece of chicken. Uh, it was nothing consistent that I could nail down. Anyway, we went away to Japan and raced in uh, Japan 70.3 and then challenged Korea. So we were away all of... Um, June or July, I think it was. And while I was away, I was good. My, my skin was really good and I was really consistently feeling pretty good. And it was bizarre because I was eating not, I thought I wasn't eating as well as I do at home. I was eating the cheapest cuts of meat that I could get from a supermarket in Japan because I didn't have access to the high quality red meat. It was just, it was all going to be grain fed. It was all going to be mostly from overseas. Um, it was all going to be much, much more expensive than on what I can get at home for red meat. So I was eating minced pork. I was eating pork steaks. I was eating chicken breasts. And, you know, that's not high quality by any stretch of the imagination. But my point is I wasn't going to pay triple or quadruple the price for red meat um, that wasn't up to the standard that I can get at home for a cheaper price. So that was my thinking. You know, I was just going with it. But in the end, it was working out really well. And I felt good. No psoriasis for the entire month that we were away. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. Then we came home and there was a couple of things. My parents had been staying here and there was plenty of dairy in the fridge. And my mum is a carnivore just like me. Um, she's getting, um, she's had some autoimmune conditions for the last decade or more. Um, she's been on blood pressure medication since I was born. And um, she's on um, prednisone and other steroids and other um, issues, other drugs um, for all sorts of issues um, around inflammation and her autoimmune conditions. So anyway, she had this dairy because she was in reintroducing dairy into her diet and she'd found that she was pretty good. She was going okay with dairy. So I came home 
There was yogurt. There was hard cheeses. And the other thing that was here was an aged piece of meat and a whole rump, probably five kilo rump that I'd put in a special dry aged bag, put it in the fridge before we went away and came home. It had been in there for five weeks and it was delicious. It, aged meat is just incredible when you, you cut off the fatty um, hard bits that are on the outside and I whizzed them up with uh, some regular mints and I put in some eggs and I made some patties out of them. And then those patties sat in the fridge for a couple more days as I kind of cooked them one by or, you know, two or three at a time. Um, anyway, the next 10 days, I couldn't train. Um, my psoriasis flared up. I was achy. I had two days where I could barely get off the couch. And this is the time where I thought I was really starting to be consistent in training, where I thought I'm going to come home from overseas. I'm going to put in seven really good weeks and I'm going to be in really great shape for Sunshine Coast 70.3. But straight up, almost two weeks gone before I can actually get on the bike and have a decent ride. It was really frustrating. And I just thought, hang on, I've just eaten better than I had when I was overseas. So I thought, except for the dairy. So I was like, right, it just must be dairy. All dairy. I just can't have it. I'm an idiot for having as much as I did. Um, and that's that. But then there was more flare-up. Then it was another week or so, and I've got bone broths, and I'm eating super healthy, so I thought. And I was still getting issues despite being a super strict diet back to just no dairy but just meat, fish, and egg. And plenty of tinned fish, plenty of eggs, plenty of meat. And then I stumbled across a YouTube on histamine, and I couldn't believe it. Suddenly, an almost time that I've been talking to people and trying to figure this out, histamine hadn't ever actually come up before. So I realized that that sounded exactly like all my symptoms. And, and a big part of when I looked back at the timeline of what I was eating, it came along, my, my symptoms flared up around aged meats, aged dairy. Um, that's where histamines build up. Um, histamine is a chemical that builds up and as bacteria breaks down in food, that increases. So that's just one source of histamine. So I was really suddenly like, okay, I'm going to have this last little bit of bone broth. Being the stubborn kind of person I am, I was like, ah, I'm not going to let it go to waste this bit of bone broth that might be really good for me. But this is also a test. I'm going to finish this off and see what happens for the, after I have it. Sure enough, I finished off the bone broth that I'd made and had been in the fridge for a week. And I was absolutely fatigued the next day. I went for about an hour and a half bike ride, could barely get my heart rate up. I felt so exhausted in every way, mentally and physically, that from then on, I was like, okay, low histamine from today. So I went to the butcher, got the freshest stuff that they had um, and came home and froze what I could. And I'll get into details of what I did for what I now do for um, lowering my histamine intake in, an, in a few minutes. So there I was, finally thinking, okay, I might have this. I'm getting much, much closer to figuring out what is wrong. Um, the reason I was carnival, which I kind of didn't start out with, is because when you have leaky gut symptoms, which obviously things like fatigue, muscle aches, joint aches, um, brain fog, which I've been experiencing since a teenager and at various times throughout my life, one symptom might be much worse than another one, but I've always had some symptoms of leaky gut as I now understand that that was the cause. 
But what is the cause of leaky gut was always been a mystery and people have tried to give me antibiotics for the blastocystis hominis bug, for other issues that I've had in my GI uh, tract and other bowel problems that I've had. But basically, I've just had never been treated for, okay, what is causing the leaky gut? Why is this a problem for you? And then I came across the carnivore diet at the end of 2018 and at the start of this year started the carnivore diet because lectins, oxalates, the phytic chemicals um, and all the other issues that come along with plants who are trying to protect themselves from from being eaten into extinction can cause issues in our gut. The simplest way to explain it is that gluten is a lectin and gluten passes through our intestinal intestines and out the other end completely undigested it does not get digested but can cause major issues as an inflammatory protein in our bodies and so all lectins can cause inflammatory issues in our bodies if you are susceptible and i'm definitely susceptible i've been having issues since as i said with fatigue since i was a teenager i've noticed i've had bad bowel problems since early 20s and ever since then, it's just been a roller coaster, roller co- roller co- coaster of symptoms um, in all sorts of ways. So cutting out plants made a huge difference. And I saw some great improvements early this year when I went carnivore. But as, as I said, it wasn't consistent enough for me to fully understand what was going on in my body. And it wasn't until once I saw the histamine connection, then I started looking into, well, what connection is there to histamine to leaky gut and to this other thing that I came across which is mast cell activation syndrome so I've known and felt that part of the whole autoimmune condition is that your cells are not doing what they should do in a natural environment they are overreacting to many signals that the body produces from many different areas so that's why I felt better when I'm improving my vagal tone so obviously my central nervous system, more parasympathetic, is much less fight and fright response. So I'm less reactive to my sympathetic nervous system being reacted. So my entire body and all the signals that I get from a reaction are lower when I'm doing some good vagal tone exercises and looking after my central nervous system in a rest and recovery side of things. Um, so that includes lots of things, you know, little meditation type things, breathing exercises. Um, for me, it's uh, connecting those two breathing exercises, a little bit of meditation while I'm doing some exercise like gym work um, or while I'm just staring at a dot on the wall and trying to quiet my mind. So the more uh, frequently that I do those practices, the calmer my system is and therefore I have less of these other symptoms, but I was still getting these symptoms. So coming back to that mast cell activation syndrome um, is highly related to histamine because it's just one of those reactions that occurs uh, in connection and can really mess up the other. So histamine can occur in the body. Uh, It is produced. It's what happens when you get a bee sting. Um, The histamine is there to fight the, um, the poison, the toxins, and it causes an inflammatory response to get rid of what it needs to get rid of and do what it needs to do to balance out your body. So, the, But the problem is if your body's not clearing out the histamine, which is one aspect of 
how you can end up with an overload of histamine. The other is that your gut is producing more histamine. And the other is that you are eating foods that are high in histamine. So there's kind of three aspects of how this can occur in your body. And we're looking at the overload. We're not looking at, okay, histamine is all bad. We can't avoid histamine. It, it is necessary in our body. It is necessary in the food. Um, it, it just is there are foods that are higher and foods that are lower, and you can adjust. But it's not something you can totally avoid. It is the overload of histamine that can become a problem for people. And that's what I was finding. It wasn't that some histamine was terrible and I had an overreaction. It was that the overload of histamine was causing the reaction. So people with leaky gut, like myself, as I've found out, are going to have issues with histamine because their gut is not doing what it should do naturally. So if your mucus layer is generally not as strong and you're having um, it's clearing off and you stress or food or um, whatever it is that is making that mucus layer thinner and therefore making your intestinal wall more susceptible to opening up the little finger holes that only should let through um, vitamins and minerals and shouldn't be letting through proteins like lectins and oxalate. But those things themselves clear the mucus layer and cause that reaction and cause leaky gut. So the lack of this thing called diamine oxidase, which is DAO, um, which is the chemical which is there to counteract histamine when your histamine levels in your gut increase, if your gut is out of whack, that will be potentially not producing as much as it should. So the histamine can cause the mucus layer to disappear as well and cause leaky gut issues. So there are so many layers and so many things that can be contributing to a leaky gut. And I'm just trying to focus on and educate a little bit um, around histamine factor being one of those things. I mean, if you are like me and you've cut out everything and you are down to, you know, basically meat, fish and eggs, um, then histamine may be something still causing you issues. I'd never occurred to me that histamine was an issue because I never had a histamine response in a major way that I was aware of. I knew that sometimes occasionally in, in years past and I've felt my ears would get hot sometimes in, if I had certain foods, but I figured that was when I was eating uh, something like a nightshade, which definitely can cause histamine response um, in the years past. So occasionally since in this year, I've had occasional hot ears, but I just, as I said, when you can't nail down what it is, it's very difficult to backtrack and think um, how that occurred or why that occurred. And is it affecting me? Are hot ears an issue? So, and I was having slightly runny nose, but only slightly. I just figured it was because my body was increasing in temperature as I ate all of the food that I was eating. Maybe I thought it was related to, oh, I'm eating a lot of protein. My body's therefore um, having a thermodynamic effect of increasing, uh, producing heat as it breaks down the proteins that I'm eating because I'm eating a lot more of it. So I didn't actually trigger that just having to blow my nose only once while I ate was an actual issue. But in the last couple of weeks, since I've been really consistent and my histamine levels have obviously lowered and my body's gradually getting rid of all this overload of histamine from about four weeks ago, since the last time I had the bone broth and gave myself a, um, an overload, it's, 
it's fascinating that I'm no longer blowing my nose. I'm getting a tiny, tiny, well, I'm getting a tiny, tiny little runny nose occasionally. Um, I'm certainly not getting hot, hot ears at all. But it's just interesting. I am starting to notice the differences now and I'm feeling better. Like, you know, this week training's been better. My mind is working better. Uh, my body feels better. My, my right knee, which is always a little funny, isn't achy. Um, those things that now that I'm just on the same food that I was eating before, but now it's the same food with low histamine, that these changes are occurring and I'm just starting to feel so much better. So it's just such a uh, minefield of what can and may not be uh, affecting you. So I'm not going to go too much into all the foods you should be avoiding because I'm just going to talk about what I do. And that's what this podcast is about. This is what I do. This is, you know, obviously not my advice to tell everybody that you need to eat carnivore. But if you've had issues like me, I'm just presenting another issue that may be affecting you. So I realized I needed to eat low histamine and I suddenly had to Google, okay, well, what is what is histamine and where is it? So straight away, I cut out the tinned fish because basically any food that is not frozen is going to increase in histamine levels. So especially proteins, especially foods that carry bacteria and, and, and more bacteria than others. So there are some vegetables um, and some fruits that have higher histamine than others, such as nightshades and avocados. And like I said, I won't go into the list. It's too long. Um, but for me, I had to get rid of tinned fish. And suddenly I realized in my searching that I, I found out that omega-3 is good for increasing how your gut functions and getting a better result from the DAO and, and, and being able to counteract the histamine. So omega-3, I was getting a lot of that from the fish that I was eating. So no longer eating fish, I had to find other sources. And for me, that meant lamb brains is a good one. Our lamb brains is really high in omega-3s and in the other healthy fat that your body needs. And because they're brains and because they are packaged and come frozen, I'm pretty confident that they are frozen fairly quickly from when, they're, uh, from when the animal is killed and to packaging and then the freezing occurs because it's done at an original source. It's not done by the time it gets to the butcher. They're not doing that. It's already been done at original source and they get it packaged and frozen um, from the manufacturer. So I got into some more lamb sprains, which um, reminding myself, I need to go out and get some more. Um, so it's not the tastiest thing when you're eating it with nothing else, when you don't have spices and herbs and some people will cook it in uh, coconut flour and all of those sorts of things, but it's definitely doable. The other thing was that eggs can still be an issue. And although they're not particularly high in histamine, the egg whites can cause a histamine response. So yolks would be the first thing that I'll reintroduce after having cut out um, the eggs for a little bit longer. I'll reintroduce the yolks and then I'll see how I go having whites. And I, my gut feeling is because I did slowly cut out the eggs, I had it for a little bit um, and I still had a little bit of symptoms. I'm pretty sure, as I mentioned, it's the overload. So maybe some eggs occasionally are going to be fine, but it's not something I would want to have eggs three times a day, you know, and eat a dozen a day, because that's probably going to cause an overload of histamine. So I cut out the eggs, um, I cut out the fish, and I've gone to the meat that I can get the freshest, which 
first of all, I was really paranoid and I was like, right, I'm just going to get the freshest meat that I can, which meant chicken because it gets to the butcher one day after it's been killed. So that's the freshest meat possible. The lamb and beef takes a bit longer. The lamb up here has to, generally it all comes from Victoria and lamb, you know, generally like beef is going to have hung for about a week before the butchers then um, pull it apart. I've forgotten the word for for what they say. Anyway, uh, so straight away I got chicken. I loaded up the fridge with chicken thinking I need to be super, super low in histamine and that's it. But then it kind of went against everything else and I was thinking, gosh, this isn't great because red meat is just so nutritious, so much more nutritious than chicken, like doesn't even compare. So I then realized, okay, well, I'll just get it the freshest that I can and see how that goes. So I rang around the butchers, made sure that I got to the butcher the day that they cut it up. They were putting aside big pieces for me. So I would buy a whole rump. Uh, They'll cut it up for me. I'll bring it home, put those uh, individual large steaks into um, a vacuum sealed, and then I'll chuck it in the freezer. So I've now portioned out steaks in vacuum sealed bags in the freezer, and they defrost pretty quickly in a bowl of water. Let's say it's, you know, an, uh, roughly an hour to defrost a steak and then cook it. And, um, you know, it's pretty easy to do that. But even if I had to adjust my time frame and defrost it, from the beginning of the day, for example, um, I wouldn't be too stressed about the histamine building up for one day. I think it's more, as I said, the overload. So how much histamine is um, building up in a certain time frame? Um, and that information was, is almost, I don't think it exists. I don't think when I was trying to find on Google where how much histamine builds up in a certain product over time. You know, there are lists of what to eat and Yes, you need to eat fresher meat and you should eat it um, as fresh as possible and cook it fairly quickly. You know, don't have a 24-hour slow cook. You know, cook it on high and uh, cook it quickly in an hour or two or what I'm doing quite often is pressure cooking. So from the butcher, I'll just backtrack. From the butcher, I also get offcuts so that I can bag them up into individual portions, put them into the pressure cooker frozen, and within 40 minutes, I've got beautiful slow-cooked meat that just falls apart and it's a it's the cheap cut so it's great b it's got good fat content and c it tastes amazing because it just falls apart and it's got that slow cooked taste which i really love as a contrast to having steak every other day um so it's really easy so as i said i'm not going to be concerned if the meat is out um, unfrozen for a few more hours it's more about minimizing the build up as much as i can and also enjoying the food and lifestyle as much as I can as well. Um, for me, it's not an issue. Uh, I think other people maybe trying to time things might be a bit more difficult. But for me, as I said, um, that's how I'm currently eating. It's mostly steak. It's liver quite often as well. Um, liver every week at least. Liver is super high and a few other things that um, I'll just bring up. The things that are really good for increasing your um, you know, allergies or lowering your allergy to histamine and what's good for increasing the diamine oxidase and other great foods. So we'll just go through why alcohol is on the highest list of do not have foods. It's on every list. It, it lowers DAO. It's histamine releasing. It has histamine in it. 
Um, so alcohol is going to be really bad for you if you do have any gut issues that might be related to autoimmune and related to histamine or just leaky gut or any of those issues. Things like alcohol are not going to be good for your gut in any way. Um, so that's why, uh, so things that are good, I'm just going to go to things that are good. Um, so obviously freshly caught fish is great. If you can get fish that's been uh, frozen on the boat, that's the best fish to get because it's going to be super fresh um, and frozen. So histamine doesn't build up when something is in a freezer. It can only build up at any other point. So that goes for leftovers. Don't have leftovers that you've left in the fridge overnight because that's another 24 hours of histamine building up in food that's not frozen. Make sure you freeze it if you are trying to keep your histamine levels or inflammation levels low. Um, so uh, there was a list of vitamins. Things like B12 is really good for your body, and that's obviously very high in uh, beef liver, which is why I call it eat plenty of beef liver. Um, it's also omega-3s, as I mentioned, are really good. Um, all meat is really good, high in iron. Iron's obviously really good for your body in every way. You will find that any, any um, fat, amino acid, nutrient, mineral, vitamin that is good for your body is going to be good for this type of autoimmune condition that you may have um, or a leaky gut issue that you may have. So it comes back to just eat the most nutrient-dense foods that you can and avoid any potentially inflammatory foods. So for me, that means I'm cutting out plants because they cause inflammation in me. For me personally, I also can't handle a lot of fat at one time. It's okay if it's with steak, if it's with protein, but if I eat fat on its own or before I've eaten the protein, I get some stomach issues. I can get cramping within an hour or a couple of hours and then later in a few hours or the next day, my time on the toilet is not as pleasant as it generally is. So that's quite different to some people. That, um, so I'm just not able to digest the fat on its own as well. So that's not a problem because that just means I don't eat a lot of fat on its own. Um, I just make sure that I'm having it with the protein and not just drinking fat at any point. So that's easy. You're just eating steak and things that come with fat. Um, I just eat it all together. So. The other thing that I've found for me that's working quite well is eating a lot at less meals throughout the day. So for me, having one meal, I generally will wake up, have just some water, warm water with salt um, is really quite nice, especially when it's cooler in the morning. And then I'll do some training generally, walk the dogs, train. And it may be nine o'clock if I've done more training, it may be 11 o'clock before I'll have my first meal of the day. And there at that meal, I'll end up eating well over, well, around a kilo of meat, um, potentially more, depending on how hungry I am, depending on how much training I've done, what time of day it is. I just go by feel. If I cook up about a kilo of meat um, or anywhere from, let's say, 600 grams of steak, to a kilo, uh, I just go off feel. If I'm still hungry, I'll cook up another, you know, a few hundred grams of something and have that as well. And then I'm not hungry until later on in the day. And this is something that's only quite new in the last 
few weeks since going low histamine, I've really noticed a difference in my hunger hormones, in the chemicals and hormones in my brain. I'm not looking at the fridge and craving food anymore. I'm actually really full and quite happy to then go the rest of the day until I eat again, maybe at about four or five o'clock. If, I, if that fits in with training um, and work, then I like to have an early dinner. So I'll end up eating twice a day often at the moment. And that is just, I'm really comfortable with that. And I haven't been comfortable with that for a long time. The entire year, following everybody else and their carnivore journeys and listening to podcasts, everybody else is so easy and comfortable doing keto and low carb and hardly eating all day and just having one or two really big meals. I've never been comfortable doing that until I've been able to find out that the histamine impact has changed things. So the low histamine food, eating a large meal early in the day, tons of protein, and then another very large meal later in the day, it just works for me at the moment. It's feeling so much better than how I used to feel as if I could never be full. I could always eat and my brain was always telling me it wanted more food. And I really think that's a big difference in um, how I've been able to regulate my food, my lifestyle, my brain energy, just energy in general has really changed from having lowered the histamine overloads. So it feels great now that I can eat this way because I also feel that having this large bolus of protein uh, twice a twice a day and I like I said I'll eat three times a day if I'm hungry and I've done more training I'll make sure I'm eating more but just eating to hunger basically is a is a nice relief but eating those large amounts of protein when you're basically eating zero carb I am finding that my theory is and a few other carnivores have mentioned the same that the instigation of gluconeogenesis and giving your body a signal that there is so much food abundant uh, that it will replenish your glycogen stores and it will replenish in your muscles and in your liver, then it's giving your body all these signals of plenty of food availability and plenty of energy and sustenance available. And your body just takes it in in a different way to if you were just eating five small meals a day and you're never giving your body one really good signal that, hey, we are feasting. We are feasting and there is tons of food available. I think there's a big difference there. And I think if you can work towards those kind of meals where you're not needing to snack in between because your brain is totally relaxed and you're happy, that's a big benefit to not feeling like, oh, I just need more food, a little snack here, a little snack there. So you want to get to that point where you are feasting and give your body those happy signals, those I'm safe, I'm secure signals. So it's not getting any stress hormones from only getting 500 calories at a meal, which some people are only eating sometimes a few hundred calories and that's their entire breakfast. And then they're eating another 400 at lunch and then they're having another four, four to six or 800 at dinner. I mean, it's just such a tiny amount of food when you are exercising that you really need to think about how much you're eating, what signals are you sending your body, and are you eating enough? So I hope you've gotten something out of this, even if it's just an insight into how I eat and why I eat the way that I eat. 
Um, but if not, there's plenty of information on Google about histamine. There's some other much, much better podcasts that delve into mast cell activation syndrome and histamine. They're really interesting to listen to because they really do relate to autoimmune conditions. And I hope that you can find your way out of whatever health issue is troubling you. And Jamie and I are here to help anytime. We are happy to do one-off consultations, but ideally we'd love you to sign up on a program with us and we can really educate you and take you through and support you on your journey to making some big changes, which are definitely not easy to make when you need to find an answer to your health and aren't sure where to turn. We also provide training plans for triathlon, for running, or just general exercise, get up and do your first 5K or walk a trail that you've always wanted to walk. Getting your body healthy and strong through lowering inflammation is a key part of what we do, but it's also about educating you on what foods are better for you and how you can get the most out of your life. We'd love to work with you. If you want to get in contact with us, email at hello at liveyourownfit.com or message us through any of our social media channels or check out our website for more details on what we can offer you at www.liveyourownfit.com. Thanks very much. Let me know if you've got further questions on anything that I spoke about and I'll direct you where you can find more information or I will be the source of information for you. Thanks very much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it.